0: Lord, to the glory of the Father. So it's in that oneness, it's in that oneness of coming together that we rise as a victorious bride, ready for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's that oneness, it's that oneness, it's that humility, it's that laying aside of the flesh and our own desires, our own agendas, our own purposes for the Lord to take us in humility, and use us. Paul traces the humiliation of Jesus in that in that piece of scripture because the Lord Jesus Christ, he emptied himself. He laid aside those independent attributes that, that he could have called on because he was God. He laid them aside. He emptied himself. And so as we come around the table of communion today, I want you to examine your heart and do you need to empty yourself today? Is there anything that you are carrying that you needn't? Because Jesus has paid the price for the weight of sin, for all of our burdens, for our suffering, for our physical pain, our emotional pain. He has paid the price already. And so as we come into this this moment empty, we can expect that this is where the Lord Jesus will do something for us. Because Christ not only emptied himself, but he became a human. He was willing to take on the skin of man. He was willing to put himself in the body of, of a flesh, of a fleshly being wasn't he? And here we are in our humanity, in our flesh, in our weakness, but we come before the Lord God Almighty this morning. And the Lord Jesus, he took his body and he laid it out as an offering. He became a servant for his fellow man. And so that is what we must do too. We must lay ourselves down and become a servant for fellow man so that the world may see the Lord Jesus in us by the way we love, by the way we serve, by the way we share and give hope to humanity. And even though there is so much darkness and despair that surrounds us in these days, we know that the battle is not over. We are in the battle right now. Come on, let's rise up. Let's rise up. Let's come together, the fivefold ministry, the gifts of the Spirit, and let's just see what our Lord will do. Because the Lord Jesus, he took his his body, the physical body, to the cross and was willingly crucified for us. What grace, what grace he demonstrated in that. From glory, the King of glory, the King of glory, he humbled himself to a place of shame. He came from heaven, from heaven to earth, to live amongst us. He he was the master of the universe and he became a servant. And he was willing to pay that price of death, from life to death, all for us, so that we could be redeemed and come into a rightful relationship with the Lord God Almighty, El Shaddai, our creator. Hallelujah. And so, church, that is why we come together this morning in remembrance over the emblems that the Lord Jesus gave to us. He said, whenever you come together, take it and eat it in remembrance of me. So let's examine our hearts and let's remember the Lord Jesus Christ for just a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. With heartfelt love and adoration, we thank you that you were willing to come in humility and in love for us. So we take of your body the bread which represents your body this morning. We take of it and we eat it today together in remembrance of you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blood. And you've given us this cup to drink in remembrance of you as well. And we thank you that in the cup, in the blood, there is resurrection, there is life, there is power, there is fullness for us here and for all eternity. We thank you that this cup makes us clean. It cleanses us from iniquity and sin. Hallelujah. We take it this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts, with gratitude and love for you, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. And all God's people said together, "Amen." amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We rejoice, we rejoice, we rejoice, for the battle has been won. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just really feel to pray. This isn't part of our program, but let's just pray and intercede for a moment. Oh, Lord God. Great are you, Lord, great are you, Lord, mighty in power. We come as your bride. We come as your people this morning with a hunger and a thirst to see the manifestation of your glory in this place. Oh, God, we know that you are with us, that your angels are all around us and about us. Oh, God, I pray for these people this morning, that their spiritual eyes be opened, to see the host of angels, to see in the the spirit the things that you have to reveal to us in this day, in this moment. Oh, Lord, we know the opposition that has come against us even in the last 12 hours, but we stand against it with the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we say no weapon formed against us shall prosper, for here is the living, breathing work of God. And we are a people who will not bow down. We are a people who will rise and we will fight with the sword of the Spirit. With victory. With victory, we will win this battle, says the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Glory to you, God. This is a pivotal meeting today. This really is a meeting of the saints that God has chosen to change things in this this next year. There is no (laughs) two ways about it. Every single one of you have come and have been sent to partake in God's end time army. And so I rejoice with you and lock shields with you for we are in a battle we're in a battle. Now there's just a couple of prayer points we're going to to pray for together and then I will invite Pastor Gary. So let's let's join together uh, let's just pray for there's a few in our congregation that are unwell today. So Lord we want to lift up Father God those ones that are experiencing afflictions in their flesh and their bodies. Lord, we lift up Margaret to you this morning. We lift her up to you, Father God, and we pray that your healing anointing would flow through her body. In the name of Jesus, that pain would be removed. Lord, that where there is bruising to her bones, God, that you would, you would, you would apply your balm, your healing balm, Lord, to those bones and bring life back into her body. We thank you for it, Lord. We lift up Apostle Diane Pierce this morning as well. And we thank you and we rejoice, Lord, that, that even though her flesh is not willing, her spirit is strong. Oh, God, we pray for a miracle this morning in her body. Lord, that she would rise up in strength and power. Lord, that the afflictions that have come against her be broken off right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pour in your healing, your anointing into this woman. Thank you, Lord. Renew her strength that she would rise up with wings like an eagle to soar and to run the race that you have set before her with endurance. And, Lord, our dear sister Gloria, we thank you for her. We thank you for the praise report that has come this morning. That even though she she had a surgery on Friday, Lord, that she is pain-free and that she is feeling her strength return. So, God, we thank you for this woman. And, Lord, we ask you for a wonderful, creative miracle to manifest in her body. Lord, that her her new kidneys will start to, to function and the need for dialysis will be will be removed. And Joey as well, South Stratie, Lord, we lift her up to you today. We ask you, God, to touch her right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Touch her, Lord, that she would feel your presence, that she would know that you are near, and the pains that she is experiencing in her body would be released and finished in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your body. We lift each one of these Precious ones to you right now. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Pastor Gary, are you good to go? Yeah. Excellent.
1: Praise the Lord. Everyone feeling a bit squished? (laughs) Imagine what it was like in the upper room. This is squishy. It could be worse. It could be worse. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. We're having some technical issues, so if you're getting text messages from friends saying, why aren't you on Facebook at the moment? It's not working, that's why. Um, And we made some new friends this morning, which is great. The neighbours next door come to visit us. (laughs) If anyone wasn't aware, they were very happy with the worship music. So praise the Lord that they got to hear it. (laughs) Praise the Lord that they got to hear it. Who's had a good week? Who's had an average week? Who still needs some prayer? (laughs) Praise the Lord. We serve a good God. Who's been reading their Bible this week and getting the the daily Bible readings? Who's managed to read it for seven days? Praise the Lord. Church, we've got some work to do. (laughs) We have some work to do. Awesome. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer before we go any further. You may need your Bibles today because the TV is outside. We pray this every time we meet because the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray, and this was his response. They didn't say teach us how to prophesy or teach us how to heal people or, or any of that. Amen. You now that prayer covers everything we need. absolutely everything. Just if someone just let Pastor Mel know we actually don't need it, it'll be okay. January is a time of new beginnings, isn't it? And an appropriate response should be one of celebration and praise for life with all its opportunities. Now, I'm guilty of not doing that. I was not celebrating at five o'clock last night when we found out we couldn't use our hall again. But I'm celebrating this morning that we're all here, worshipping our Lord. Makes you wonder how much we do need a, a building of our own, and I believe we do, but we're probably coming to a time when churches are going to have to meet outside, because that's all we're going to get. Have a look what's happening overseas. There's another lockdown coming. I will assure you of it. It's coming. Government's already talking about it. And then churches can't use their buildings and they're going to be closed again. But praise the Lord, we will still meet. We missed one meeting last time. We will miss none this time. So the theme for our January message is exactly that. Celebrating... The life that Christ makes possible. And today we're going to talk about supernatural living and celebrating supernatural living. Is that not a good thing? Who wants to live supernaturally? Awesome, half of us. It's great. <laughs> Who wants to celebrate living supernaturally? Yes. Awesome, fantastic. You know, Pastor Amel, could I get you to pray for our offering before we go any further? Is that okay? We don't, uh, we, we, we don't pray for our offering enough. We don't pray for each other enough. So we, we have a giving box at the back. It may be a little bit hard to get to today, but that's okay. You can fight your way to it if you need to. But we'll get Pastor Imelda to pray for offering. We actually have some giving cards as well. So we're changing things around a little bit. There's a little code on there which will take you straight to our website if you need to. Um, or you can tap and go. It's the easy way to sew. We have FPOS as well. So Pastor Amel, would you like to, to pray? You can. You can. physically like everything That we need that will be able to look at to reach out, we will be able to look at testify, we will be able to look at to show that you are a God who blesses his Like you Father, glory give you honor Amen. Amen. So those that are watching online If you've been able to get on, the details will be on the bottom of the screen. You know, giving is actually one of the commandments. And those who want to believe that the tithe doesn't exist anymore, that's great. We can be New Testament. You can give everything if you like. That's okay. But we need to start giving. We need to start being a church that is obedient to the Lord. We need to start observing the Shabbat, whatever day you choose that to be. We need to start observing what the Lord put in place. The New Testament still exists. It's still there. There's a reason that if you've got a Bible, a proper Bible, it's in the front. There's a reason it's there. The text we're going to concentrate on today is Isaiah 54.2. Because we're going to be celebrating supernatural living. So if you've got your Bible, open it up. It says, we all know this verse. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But there's a little bit more in Isaiah 54 than just that. So let me read the whole passage of Scripture for you. Talks about a perpetual covenant of peace. Now, doesn't that sound good? Verse 1, sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, who you have not labored with child. Sorry, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married women, says the Lord. Verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right, and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do you think that some of our cities are desolate at the moment? You had a look what's happening on the Gold Coast? You know, we've been praying against a, a, a theme park with a ride called Leviathan, and then two helicopters fall out of the sky owned by that theme park and then they run over another lady in a kayak a couple of days later with a whale-watching boat? Do we not think that this city is starting to lose its direction? We prayed for years that the Sin City sign would get taken down. Some of us prayed for that, right? And it did, and we celebrated. And then Leviathan comes along. It's not time to stop, church. Verse 4, do not fear. Amen to that. For you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. (coughs) Who wants to forget the shame of their youth? Verse 5. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. You know, if you mention Israel in a lot of churches, you probably won't ever get asked to come back again. It's true. It's true. The church has lost its roots. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your God. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. You ever felt that the Lord has forsaken you just for a moment? Verse 8, but with a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you. Thank you, Lord, for that. Says the Lord, your Redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth. That I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. The Lord's not angry with you, church. He may not be impressed with some of the things you do, but he's not angry with you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. My kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Verse 11, O you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Man, some of us feel like that sometimes, don't we? We're tossed from one problem to the next and we don't feel comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colourful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. That sounds pretty good. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal and your walls of precious stones. We love this bit. All your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Who has some children that don't bring peace all the time? The Lord tells us differently. Verse 14, in righteousness you shall be established. When will we be established? In righteousness. In rebellion? No, in righteousness. You shall be far from oppression. In righteousness. And you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Sounds pretty good. Who's assembling against you now? They will fall for your sake. You can tell who the pastors are in the house, right? As a, I read a thing this morning, and it's absolutely true between five and six thousand pastors leave the ministry every year that's more than what come into it there's a reason for that because everything is assembling against them and often they're on their own to try and battle it they had the lord but you know they look around and go oh the church is with me oh my goodness where's the church gone that's why pastor amanda can go yeah Verse 16, behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals of the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon, we love this verse, don't we? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. Now we're starting to celebrate a little bit, aren't we? This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Yes, amen. Pastor Amanda loves it. <laughs> she knows what persecution is like in this country. But even what we get, our persecution is nothing like those in other countries. Imagine having worship like we did outside this morning in China. The neighbours would be the CCP. <laughs> we wouldn't have made it to the word. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. Where is your righteousness from? Amen. We need to bring back righteousness to the church. We need to bring back holiness to the church. The Christian life is a supernatural life. It's an exciting adventure most of the time. And it begins with a life-changing spiritual birth. It begins with faith and continues as a work of faith. We don't just get saved and that's it. If that's your experience, we will pray for you. We need to get off our salvation experience. If you want to be in a church that will let you sit on your salvation experience, come and see me. I'll introduce you to some pastors of those churches. We are not a seeker-sensitive church. Praise the Lord for that. We're raising an end-time army. We're getting ready for a battle. <laughs> I love it, Carolyn. I love it. It's true, though. So many churches sit on that salvation experience. I'm saved now. I can do whatever I want. God loves me. Well, God might smite you as well, but, you know, it begins with faith and continues as a work of faith. Living the Christian life this year can be a celebration. Let me tell you, the world is not going to be celebrating this year. Many churches won't be celebrating this year. I made a very bold statement to someone earlier in the week that there will be less large churches when we step into 2024 than what there is right now. But there will be a lot of small ones celebrating supernaturally. In Isaiah 54.2, the Lord called Israel to expand their vision. Enlarge the place of your tent. He's calling you to enlarge your vision. He was calling them to, to, to stretch out the curtains of their dwellings. Not to spare. Too many of us as Christians, we're tired, aren't we? I used the example a couple of months ago. We're, we're there and we're holding on to everything we got, but Lord, the Lord wants us to open our hands and receive, but we're so tight-fisted. We hang on to everything we've got already. What if he's got something better for us? He's saying to the Israelites, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Now, if we've got to strengthen our stakes, there's something coming, right? right? Who's been camping when there's a storm coming? You've got those little flimsy wire pegs holding the tent down. And you wish you had the big ones made out of rebar. And this was to be done in preparation for the Lord's restoration of Israel. Restoration could also be called reformation. We need to come back to God. Everyone prays for a revival and that's great. But Jesus ain't coming back for a church that's not ready and not preaching his word and not living by his ways. A bride without splot. Finish. The prayer of our heart should be for the Lord to stretch our vision. Let me say that again because I don't think anyone heard it. The prayer of our heart should be for the Lord to stretch our vision. If you think I am happy as a church in this building, you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> I am I mean, it's great, don't get me wrong, but the Lord has more. Yes. We should be enlarging our faith. That's what he's calling us to do. We should be expanding our goals. We should be expanding our goals. However that looks like. To each and every one of us. The faith vision is one in which we visualize what God intends to do and we act on it in harmony with Him. If God's told you to do something, do it. If God's given you a vision, don't try and palm it off to other people. He's given you the vision to do something with it. Christianity involves work. You agree with that, Pastor Amanda? It's not just a holiday camp. Right? It's not a cruise ship. It's a battleship. We've all heard that. You see the ministers in the room smiling and laughing a little. They know what it's like. Clanness has been through it. You're going through it all the time, aren't you? It's a battle, always. But the Lord rewards. Hebrews 11 records men and women who had a faith vision. We started this church three and a half years ago with the two of us because God said we were traveling the world preaching in stadiums and big churches and the Lord said, go back to the Gold Coast and plant a church. And it's like, really, Lord? Can we just help someone else do it? He's like, no, it's your vision. It involves work. And this year, he lets us start traveling again. Praise the Lord for that. These people saw by faith and they obeyed God's call. Can you imagine being one of the first disciples? Someone called us a bad name. They're getting sawn in half. They're getting crucified. They're getting beaten and locked up. Monthly. If we are to experience the adventure of believing God, we must do Four things I'm going to go through them today the first one is to learn to think supernaturally Isaiah 55:9 9 says for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts God knows better than you trust me whatever you think God wants you're probably wrong ask him what he wants Everyone still with me? I haven't offended anyone yet? We're only on our first point, so give me time. We must strive to have the mind of Christ. He's not bipolar, I can assure you of that. He doesn't change his mind. We can control our thoughts as an act of the will, can't we? How we respond is up to us, but it's tricky. Ask the lady that come and complained when she's standing at the door, like, this to me. Ask how how tricky it was for me to respond. So how can we change our thoughts? First thing is we can saturate our minds with the word of God. That's why we're sending out the Bible reading every day. So by the end of the year, we've read the Bible in a year. And then we can follow the words of Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If you were raised with Christ, Seek those things which are above, where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. I know there's some people going through stuff at the moment. But let me tell you, you're looking at the wrong thing. You're supposed to be looking up at him. Not back at your past. Your past is done. If you've got a past like me, praise the Lord, it's done. Stop looking at it. Start looking forward and looking up. Think worthy thoughts. Think faith-filled thoughts and thoughts of praise and worship and thanksgiving. Too often we can complain, can't we? When we should be giving thanks. Finally, think about the attributes of God. Think of his goodness. This is how we're going to change our minds. Think of his goodness. Think of his greatness. Think of his generosity. Think of his glory. You know, it was never about you. It was certainly never about your emotions. God's not going to use your emotions at all. You can get upset. You can yell and scream and kick and bite and scratch, whatever you want to do. God's not going to use any of that. We've got to start thinking supernaturally. And our prayer meeting on Saturday morning, and it's become so regular now that most of us don't even see it. We're praying, the Holy Spirit comes, and waves start washing into the beach where we meet. There's no boats going past. We're in the broad water, there shouldn't be any waves. And it's just that section where we are. That's supernatural you got to start thinking about who you are spiritually. You're no longer a servant, but you're a son or daughter of God. You don't serve the world. You don't serve the devil. You're a son or a daughter of the Most High. You're no longer lost. You've been found. Any, no one's excited about that? Yes. <laughs> really? You're no longer an alien, but a citizen of the kingdom. You know, preaching this today, I could get locked up in Queensland if someone dobs me in and says, well, he said he's no longer a citizen of Queensland because he doesn't really agree with what the government says. We now have rules in Queensland where I can get locked up every Sunday. Awesome. Get your bail money ready. Get your bail money ready. But At least if they take me to Southport, it's close to home. Think of your spiritual heritage, the hope of your calling. You all have a call. Does everyone understand that? We're all called. It's not just the pastor's job to do everything. We all have a call. Think of the riches of Christ's glorious heritage. But to do that, you need to think of Israel as well. Think of the abundance, greatness of his power for believers. For believers, not for everybody, for believers. we have got to think like children of the king. Look at William and Harry at the moment. One of them is thinking like a child of the king. The other is thinking like a spoilt little brat. Actually, that might get me locked up as well, mightn't it? <laughs> it's true, isn't it? We've got to start thinking like children of the king. When we begin to think these thoughts, we stretch our vision. Knowing God for who He is will change our lives. If you think getting saved was awesome, start to get to know God and see how much better life is going to be. Knowing God for who He is will change our lives. Second point everyone still with me? Yeah. Happy days. Learn to plan supernaturally. Many of us don't like planning, do we? I I do as well. I've always got to have a plan. That's why when I find out at 5 o'clock on Saturday night that we can't use the hall, I get a little bit frustrated. (laughs) Pastor Amanda has to come along and try and settle down, (laughs) settle down. But we're going to start planning supernaturally. We're going to learn how to do it. Supernatural planning includes our personal lives, our families, the church, our businesses, or whatever else requires planning. If we fail to plan, we plan to fail. Many of you would have heard that saying before. There's nothing wrong with planning. Nothing wrong with it. It might not always work out, but there's nothing wrong with planning. Proverbs 16.9 says, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. We can plan all we want, and God will come along and say, okay, let's go. God himself is a planner. Do you think he just woke up one day and said, let there be light? That's a plan in itself. He has a well-thought-out plan for the world from the first day to the last. He knows the number of hairs on your head. Psalm 139.16 says, what well, indicates divinely detailed planning for our lives. It says, your eyes saw my substance yet, sorry, being yet unformed. And in your book all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Your days were fashioned for you before you even existed. There is no mistake that everyone in this room today is in this room. Let God reveal his vision to you. Do we ever ask God what he wants? Or do we just pray, Lord, give me this, I want that. New car would be awesome. Whatever it might be, new job. Or do we say, Lord, what do you want? Because we were only created for one thing and that's to serve him. He's not here to serve us. That's taught in some churches. Just ask Him and He'll give it to you. Well, it doesn't really work like that. Blab it and grab it. doesn't work. Let God reveal His vision to you. And this becomes the basis of our faith, doesn't it? When we set our goals so they become His goals for us. That's faith. We set our goals so His plan, His goals become ours. Prepare for the fulfillment of his goals. Who is ready when we walk in here one day and there's 500 people and we've got 300 chairs? Who's ready for that? That's the fulfillment of his goals. Got to prepare for the fulfillment of his goals. What are you going to do when he says, Gordy, you're moving to Israel. What are you going to do if he says that? Absolutely. Absolutely. What are you going to do if he says, you're moving to Iran? (laughs) We've got to prepare for the fulfillment of his goals. If that's what he's got for us, I'm not saying he's going to do that. If anywhere, I'd pray the Bahamas or something like that for you. Our faith will be tested though, won't it? But God is faithful when we trust and obey him. If your faith is being tested, and I know for some people sitting here today it is, Let me read that second part of that for you. God is faithful when you trust him and obey him. You're not going to force him to do anything. He will confirm his direction for us and he will assure us through prayer of his will. Many of you would have heard when someone comes up with an illness and an illness where they're probably going to pass away soon and people are praying, but we just believe they're going to be—they're going to be healed. I only ever pray God's will, because so I'm not going to give someone that false hope just because they believe they're going to live. I, I, I want them to live, but if that's not God's will, why would we pray against God? I know that's a little bit unpalatable some people, for some people, but that's how it is. Our obedience to God requires supernatural planning—planning planning by faith. And following God's plans. If you're making plans for your life and it's not in here, He's not gonna get involved. He's gonna let you go. He's gonna let you do what you want until you're ready to turn around and say, Lord, I need help. You know, say, Well done, son, come this way. Gotta have big plans. Gotta have God sized plans. I believe this city will be saved. And it's far from it right now, I can assure you. That's a big plan because I don't know how I'm going to do it. The call that God has put on our life is for reformation. Try walking into a church and saying, stop preaching that rubbish. Come back to God. You're not very popular when you do that. But that's a God-sized plan because that's the vision he's given us. Preparing the end-time army was a message that Pastor Emil preached for eight weeks last week, last year, Pastor Emil, something like that. Incredible, because we're in a battle. Most churches don't even know. They're still at the beach. Now, even today, there's not churches opening because they're on holidays. They're not opening till next week. Now, There's something wrong with that. It's okay to have a holiday, but God's still sitting on the throne. He hasn't had a day off yet. The plans and goals that God gives people have two consistent elements. They have a wide scope of influence and they have a lasting impact. They're the type of plans that he gives us. It'll affect many people and it will last. God's goal for Adam and Eve was to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it wasn't hard to deceive them though, was it? Surely God didn't say that. God's goal for Abraham was not just to have a son, but to start a nation and to be a blessing to all the people on earth. Jesus' goal for the disciples was for them to be witnesses in the power of the Holy Spirit from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. What's his plan for you? God-sized plans are big plans. They're supernatural plans. We've got to stop looking at the little thing that we think we want because we can do it in our own strength and start looking at the big things that we can't do in our own strength and give God room to step in and do it. If our plans are so small that we can fulfill them ourselves, they're not God sized. And God will not bless them. Our plans need to be big enough that they really do need God's intervention. Do we believe that? If we've got a plan and it's so big that we can't do it, and we know it's from God, He will step in, He will make it happen. Our third thing today, what time is it? I'm going all right. It's good. We need to learn to pray supernaturally. Oh, Lord, I need a new husband. I need a new wife. A uh, new car would be good. Um, no, not, not me, Pastor Amanda. <laughs> These are the prayers we hear all the time. I need a new car. Lord, I, I wish my children would uh, stop being good and getting better grades. What? That's not praying supernaturally. Supernatural praying is found in John 14, 12 to 14. It talks about the answered prayer. Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me, who do we believe in? The Lord Jesus. And the works that I do, He will do also. Who believes they're going to raise the dead at some stage? Yes, yeah, a few of us. But isn't that. That's a God-sized thing, isn't it? Jesus did it, therefore we can do it. He will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. They didn't get it, Carolyn. I sat on that when you're saying, greater. Great. I sat on it, no one picked it up and ran with it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Who would have thought that raising the dead could be the pinnacle? We're going to do even more than that. I don't even know what that is. Verse 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Whatever we ask for in his name, he will do. That the father may be glorified in the son. So if you're asking for a husband or a wife, that ain't glorifying the father through the son. Verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. As long as it's in line with this. Is this not a good thing? What could these greater things be? I was pretty excited when our dog was paralyzed. Nope, there's there's more. There's more. And I said to Pastor Amanda, you say you're going to raise the dead. Pray for the dog. And the dog's running around the next morning. I seriously thought I was taking the dog to the vet the next morning. Ye you have little faith. (laughs) Matthew 9.29 says, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. You asking the Lord for one of those big things? And it's not happening? According to your faith, let it be to you. When I travel overseas and there's prayer lines of hundreds, sometimes even thousands of people, You haven't got time to pray for everyone. My question is always, are you ready to be healed? Yes! Pray for them. Are you ready to be healed? Oh, Next. Are you ready to be healed? Because it's their faith, not mine. I stand with them in agreement. We can never ask God for too much if our hearts and our motives are pure. Let me say that a bit slower. We can never ask him for too much if our hearts and our motives are pure. Hearts, motives. And if we pray according to the word and the will of God. So those prayers we hear, Lord, give me a new car, give me a new husband, blah, blah, blah. Probably not the will of God. Maybe the Lord wants us to walk everywhere and not have a new car. Uh huh. We had four businesses and we sold them. We sold our big house. Sold my Harley and my four-wheel drive and other things. And we walk most places because that's where the Lord wants us. And praise the Lord for that. And then I hear stories of people going out on their motorbikes and having a great time. La, 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 la. Someone once said, Whatever we vividly envision, and we ardently desire, and we sincerely believe, and we enthusiastically act upon it, there's a progress here, right? We're moving somewhere. It will come to pass if there is a spiritual authority for it. God doesn't want us not to have stuff, but some of the stuff he wants, we have to have a spiritual authority to have it. So many people are anointed and everyone says, oh, that worship leader and that pastor and that whoever, they're anointed. Well, why do they fail all the time? Because they don't have the character to carry that anointing. Welcome to the Gold Coast. You cannot carry the anointing unless you have the character and the integrity to carry it. We've all heard testimonies of Christian organizations that are praying for the Lord's miraculous provision for a certain amount of money. And, you know, we're going to be one of these because I'm praying for a new building that's ours and we can use seven days a week. And within a few days, someone announces that they're giving that ministry a million dollars and sometimes even more. If you know any of the American ministers and a lot of the Asian ministers, you hear these stories all the time. We're believing for a new building and someone built us a four-story building in Manila. These are the stories we hear. This is unquestionably supernatural provision. If you're in lack, ask the Lord why. Ask him to provide it. I've not worked more than one day a week other than church, which is like eight days a week work. In two years now, Amanda, we had no lack because the Lord just provides. It's not easy to do. And you say, Lord, here's our nice businesses. Take them and do as you please. Now you need to look after us, Lord. That is supernatural provision. We can all have that. Some of us are experiencing it, some are experiencing it just a little, but there's so much more. Does the word not say, I will open the floodgates? Who wants those floodgates to open? The fourth thing today is learn to claim supernatural resources. We are not ordinary people. We're not. I had a word with someone through the week and they're telling me that, well, this person's at this church and they're in another state, so it's okay. And that one there and... and actually, there was someone here. It was two conversations like this this week. And this person says they're Christian. I said, we are not the same. We are not all the same. We are not ordinary people if we're living supernaturally. Who wants to be ordinary? That's boring. The world is ordinary. Our lives are joined with the one who spoke the world into existence. We are not ordinary people, and we are not the same as the world. Our friend next door who come over... I said, we'll be finished in 10 minutes. It'll all be good. You Christians, was her response. You're supposed to be this. I didn't even hear her. She was walking away and I was just like, bye. That's how the world responds. We are not ordinary people. Praise the Lord for that. We belong to him who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. I'm excited about that. We belong to him. All authority. Queen Anastasia can shut us down tomorrow and you know what? The Lord says go to church. He dwells in us. All of his resurrection power dwells within us. When that person, and this is going to happen, this is going to become so common, it'll be like the waves coming in at the prayer meeting when that person drops dead in front of you and just say, hang on a minute, in Jesus' name, and they're raised from the dead. This is going to be so common. It'll be just like, no, there's another one. Do you want to do this one? That's what it's going to be like. All authority and all power dwells within us. Why do you think people think it's okay to come in? Because they can't hear their TV. And say, you Christians, they think that's okay. It's like, well, there's 40-something people here who don't think it's okay today, so just give us 10 minutes and shush. We can claim Philippians 4.13 for our lives. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say that together, come on. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we can do some things? All things. Through who? Christ. Christ. So it's not us. We're just the vessel. We're just the tool that he's going to use. Our faith may be small, but like a muscle, it will grow with exercise. It will grow with exercise. Some of us need to get back in that faith gym. Some of us need to get back in the gym. just, But, but we need to get back in that faith gym and start exercising our faith. Yeah, if you just had faith the size of a mustard seed, you cast that mountain. If you are struggling to trust God for some physical need, for someone's salvation, or for financial help, it could be anything really, then pause to meditate on whatever barrier to your faith you're facing. <coughs> if you're trust, struggling to trust God, meditate on what the barrier is to your faith. Because I believe I can do all things through Christ. Sometimes He doesn't let me do all things through Christ. But I believe I can. The mind is willing, but the body is not, (laughs) often. Remind yourself of God's power and that it's available to you to accomplish the supernatural. It's available to you. When that person drops dead in front of you, and I, I believe we're going to see quite a bit of that in this next couple of years, you've got the power to do something about it. When your dog is paralyzed, you've got the, something to, the, the opportunity to do something about it. Accomplish something supernatural. If you're not trusting God, let me tell you, that is a sin. It's the cardinal sin. If you're not trusting him, it is a sin. Confess your unbelief to him. And claim by faith his supernatural resources today. That's why we pray the Lord's Prayer. Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. Because no one's perfect, I can assure you. No one in this room is perfect. And not trusting him is a sin. If you're trusting him for your next meal, awesome. If you're not trusting him for your next meal, that's a sin. I'm going to finish up here. Are you going to pray for some people today, Amanda, do you think? Or are we just going to have some morning tea? A little bit of singing? Awesome. So I'm going to finish up with this. We have seen what it means to celebrate supernatural living. I've just spent 35 or 40 minutes telling you what it looks like. Some of us have experienced it. I know I want to experience more of it. I'm praying for the day when I get an invite to Israel, wherever it could, wherever it is. I've already paid for the flights for Israel, so maybe somewhere else. And I can just say yes and I'm translocated there. I don't want to sit on a plane for 20 hours. That's supernatural living where the response is just yes. When we're invited to go and preach somewhere, we're not scared. We just say yes. When we're invited to another country to minister or or do a mission or whatever it might be, we just say yes because we're not worried about the money. We're not worried about the cost of it. We just say yes and then the Lord provides. I'm not just talking about us, I'm talking about the church. We can't go to all the places that have got to be done. You need to go as well. I love the fact though that as a church we're travelling as a herd at the moment. Half the church is going to Malini for a three-day conference in February. I think we've got five or six rooms booked. This is fantastic. Then a handful of us are going to Israel. We're traveling as a group. There's something in this. There's unity. This is God's will for our lives and for the church that we start living supernaturally. Who wants to be Part of that church when people come in in wheelchairs, and we've seen this, as some of you have before. Someone comes in in a wheelchair, and after the service is finished, the wheelchair is still there, but the person has gone. Or a church where there's rooms full of crutches, because the people have just walked out. That's supernatural living, where you just have an expectation that the Lord is going to move. And that's the type of church I want to be part of. But it involves all of us. We've all got to have that faith. We've all got to have that will to live supernaturally. Because my faith can't carry you all. Some days my faith has trouble carrying me. And that's okay. But we've all got to start living supernaturally. We've all got to have that faith. When your brother or sister is down, pick them up and drag them if you need to, get them to the end of the race. Who wants to live supernaturally? I'm going to pray for you right now before we move to wherever. So Nick and Sue want to live supernaturally, which I think they already are, really. They just want more. Lord, I thank you that as a church we can be a supernatural church and we can celebrate supernatural living. Lord, that we will be a church where the dead rise, the sick are healed. There is no financial lack. There is no lack whatsoever. Lord, we've already seen in this last couple of years, wombs opened, miracle babies. (laughs) You know, it becomes so common that we forget about it. Gloria's granddaughter shouldn't have been born. She's a miracle baby. We stood there, didn't we, and we said, we will stand against what the doctors are saying. This is not your lot. And there she is, beautiful little baby. She's not the only one. So let's start living that supernatural lifestyle. And don't forget that when it becomes so common, don't forget that it's happening. Thank the Lord always in everything. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to hand over to you.